Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Know Nothing Nerds podcasts. We're here. Yeah, we're, we're here. here. Uh, Where else would we be if we weren't if we were podcasting? Uh, I don't know. How could we be anywhere else if we were podcasting? How about you don't judge me and let me do the intro? <laughs> My name is Luke, one half of the Know Nothing Nerds. I'm joined, as always, by my ever-fabulous and always-on-oxygen Twitch. How are you? I'm good. I am on oxygen. Thanks for letting everybody know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, Technically, we're all on oxygen and nitrogen. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. That's fair. Technically. I'm going to pull the train back on the rails and continue on through. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. It's been an interesting week for me. Has it? Yeah. Um, so we haven't talked since last week. Yeah. Or the well, week before since last. before then, because I ran away. Vacay, yeah. Um, kind of. So um, before we talk, the last. Oh my god! What the story? Yeah, the story. How did I forget about yeah. that? Yeah. Holy crap! So pro- Luke didn't want me to spoil it for you. He wanted a live reaction. I wanted a live reaction here on the podcast. So here it is. Twitch, tell so, your story. When we did disenchantment and pretty much when we recorded that, um, I just was getting my car fixed from an accident. No joke, that Wednesday that we recorded, two days after we yeah. recorded, I got rear-ended. Are you fucking kidding me? I am dead serious. I got rear-ended um, just about like maybe a mile to a half a mile from my house. Because I was, this is, let me set the scene. It was a shit day. Kind of. It was a pseudo shit day. So um, our water heater started leaking. Yeah. Or it might have been leaking for a while. And so we had to get a new water heater Uh in the house. Well, water was shut off. So we couldn't use any water. So I had to buy water from the store to keep myself hydrated because I go through like a bajillion water bottles in a day. Um, I know it's unsafe for the environment. Blah, blah, blah. Hate me later. Um (laughs) So None of us hate you, Twist. Yes. So then we started to have this ridiculous, crazy storm that Wednesday, and it was just lightning and pouring rain. There was a storm. There was Wednesday. a huge storm Wednesday. Um, so then the sh- lightning strikes were so much that it just kept on like um, shorting the power in our house, right? And then eventually, it just knocked out the whole power in the neighborhood. Jeez. So and it wasn't going to be a quick fix. It right. was going to take like. Like four hours for him to fix. And I said, screw it. I'm going to go to a movie. So <laughs> got in my car, got about half mile to a mile away from my house, dead stop. And then all of a sudden, bam, Boom! right into the back of me. How yeah. fast was he going? He had to have been going 20, 20 no to 30 way. miles per hour when he hit me. So your car got smashed. It, it wasn't bad. Like You got a he, good frame in the Jeep. I do he got a good frame. Jeep. He's got a good... Yeah. So... He smacked me pretty good. It was enough that I felt the force immediately in yeah. my back. Ugh. And immediately in my back was just like, Ugh! right. Yeah. Holy cow. So yeah, that's, that's the big thing. Like I literally just got in two accidents in less than a month apart. <laughs> less than like two weeks of pretty much, pretty much less than two weeks. That is insanity. Yeah. I cannot believe that. So then, so his insurance paid for it or his insurance is going to yeah. pay for it. Yeah. Has it been fixed? The damage, no. Um, so you still can't drive. No, I can still drive. You can drive lift because the damage it wasn't during a lift ride, so I didn't have to report gotcha. it. Gotcha. So okay, and the damage is minimal. Gotcha. Like, 
it's not minimal, minimal, right. but it's, it's like the cosmetic damage isn't bad. It's not bad enough to be unsafe good. To, for riders. Good. And it's not like you'd have to like take a few seconds to look at it and be like, oh, oh, somebody something hit me. happened. Right. Yeah. My bumper's not hanging off. It's not cracked. Or that like is that. so terrible. Yeah. Dang. I'm so sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, it's all good. Holy cow. We're here, though. We're here recording. <laughs> so I I had a flight from uh, Denver to, well, it was originally going to be Denver to Washington, Dallas on okay. Wednesday. Or on, when, what day did I leave? Thursday. I left Thursday morning. So it's funny. You and I, you had a shit Wednesday, and I had a shit Thursday. Yeah, so, that's funny. <laughs> so Thursday at 6 in the morning, I wake up down in Denver. We stayed down in Denver. Uh, and, and we wake up at like 6 a.m. We get to the airport at 7, probably. Mm-hmm. Get through security. It's all a breeze. Um, just because my, my dad's like platinum gold plus member with United. Okay. Um, so we get all the perks. We get upgraded to first class every time we fly, and we get the TSA pre-check, and we get to hang out in the United Lounge, which is pretty cool, if I may say so myself. Yeah. So we drive to the airport, and... We get through security just fine, and we have like an hour and a half until our flight. Okay. So we go to the United Lounge. This is where I'm not so proud to be uh, saying this story, but it 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 wraps into it. <laughs> okay. It's eight thirty in the morning. Uh huh. <laughs> and we're at the sky. We're at the sky bar, and uh, I got a beer in the morning. Oh, okay. Eight thirty. Hey, you know, there's there's been much worse. That was the earliest I've ever had a drink before in my life. Okay, but I'm sort of a nervous flyer, and I like to be able to drink before my flights because it cool it calms the nerves. Yeah. So I got a drink, and uh, and that that's that's kind of how the morning started. So we get to our gate, we get on the plane, we sit down, we start to taxi, uh-huh. and we continue to taxi for the next hour and a half. A little bit later, I'm I'm just reading my book. I'm yeah. a very good traveler. The only thing is I get nervous on the plane. That's it. Other than that, I'm very patient. I'm experienced. I fly a lot. So I, I get how it works. Okay. So I'm just reading my book, and I'm just hanging out. And the pilot comes on the line, and he's like, yeah. He doesn't exactly say this verbatim, obviously. But he's like, yeah, our plane's broken. So we're going to take us back to the gate and see if we can get the issue fixed. So we sit on the plane for another 30 minutes, which by now we've missed our connecting flight in Dulles. Uh-huh. So we're like, okay, so we got to figure this out. So we get off the plane. They, they let us off the plane about two hours later. Not like two hours after they took the plane back. I was back, like going to say, I was like, wow. Two hours total. Gotcha. So it was like 30 minutes after we pulled into the gate, they let us get off the plane. So we get on a f- – so they say, okay, we're going to put you on a flight that's going to be going to Newark. So now we're going to New Jersey. Okay. Like, that's fine. When does it leave? It leaves at like 3 o'clock. At this point, it's noon. We were like, whatever. So we go and get lunch. We go back to the bar, get another drink. And then at 3 o'clock, we get on our plane, which was delayed another hour. So we sit on the plane. For an hour. For an hour. Leave at 4. Land in, oh, I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll skip the rest of the story there. It was an 18-hour travel day Jeez, is what it bro. amounted to. We got a, we got a delayed flight in <clears throat> Dallas. We wound up getting into Portland at I think 2 a.m. and it is just such a nightmare start to the yeah. to, to uh, our vacation. But that's how it goes sometimes. Yes. So uh, we weren't complaining that much. I read two two entire books, which was nice. Yeah. So they were they were good reads. But 
Yeah, that was the start to the trip. But anyway, that is not at all what we no, are here to no. be talking about today. Nothing, no, nothing that we're going to talk to you about today has anything to do with car accidents or or eighteen hour travel or eighteen days. hour travel days. Uh, what it is, though, is. A very fun interview that we're going to be doing. Yes, I'm super excited about this. We've had two interviews in the last two weeks. Uh, both have been equally fascinating, in my opinion. This one especially so, in my opinion, because I learned a lot. Yes. Um, we, we talked about comic books with this gentleman, and I, I was just blown away by it for that whole hour. I just had a blast. Mm-hmm. We just finished recording. Um, and, and, yeah, so starting thoughts, Twitch, just before we get so into it. So starting thoughts. Uh, so first off... Um, Barry McLean Jr. I met him just randomly. This is just a random meetup. Um, I tell the story of that. So we tell the story of that. So you'll find out what it is. Um, but Mary McLean Jr. Just to give you a little bit of background. Um, he's a comic book artist. Um, he's been a comic book artist for a while. He's worked with some of the bigger companies. Um, and he's worked with people from the majors, um, DC and Marvel being the majors. Um, but he's worked for Valiant. He's done spots on Bloodshot. Um, he's created some of his own characters um he's working with a couple of uh big name guys in the industry right now on two books specifically cue ball and billy the kid yeah um which i haven't read them i've read little uh some of the panel pages that he's put out and through some of their kickstarters that they've had for him and they are phenomenal that's I cool. love them yeah um, anyways so uh he's a great guy i love talking to him um, s- similar thing with, uh, um, our homeboy from, uh, Midnight's Edge. Yes. Um, very knowledgeable, very guy. knowledgeable. Um, and I immediately click with both those guys, even though I didn't got to get to talk to Tom Collins, Tom Collins. but you might get a, you might get a chance cause I'd love to have him back yeah. on the show. Um, um, but we, we think very much alike, uh, me and Barry think very much alike yeah. when it comes to the yeah. industry stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So I was kind of a fly on the wall during this interview just because I was soaking up like a sponge. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought he was hilarious. Oh yeah. Settle in, guys, because because it's a really fun interview. Yes. The guy was hilarious. We had some good laughs. Um, the two comments I want to make is that this is obviously a longer episode than you guys were probably expecting. Um, I haven't crunched the numbers yet, but it's looking like we're going to be close to an hour and a half. So settle in, guys, because uh, it's it's worth it. Trust me. Um, but without further ado, welcome to episode 43 featuring Barry McLean Jr. What's going on? Hey, hey Barry, how you doing, up, sir? I'm chilling, chilling. I'm, I'm literally right now, gentlemen, I'm penciling a panel, page number seven of the um, Ambani series on okay. um, Blue Juice Comics. I'm just literally doing that right now while I'm talking to you guys, so you ain't taking me out of nothing. I'm just having nice. so I can nice. fucking bore you. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, so well, how, how's it been going on? This has been a long journey to uh, get you back on the show where we, we did record you. We got an interview with you in the bag, and then oh, our audio editing screwed up. Well, so- yeah, I was going to say, I need to apologize in the forefront for that because that's totally on me. Um, Apologize user- to me and Twitch, okay? Like- yeah, that's true. That's true. Twitch, I owe Twitch an apology as well. It was a killer interview, man, and we you just and you I just did- dropped it on its head, and it's it's gone forever. It'll, it'll never be the same again, Barry. Before we get uh like too far into things, first of all, it's nice to meet you. Second of all, can you hear us both? Okay. 
Oh yeah, you guys sound so good. You guys have awesome. a fish on Little Mermaid singing together in chorus. Like, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Solid. Solid. Dude, uh, so first off, um, I gotta say, I I can't stop coming back to your your Facebook page and just seeing all the new stuff yeah. that you're drawing, dude. Oh, um, oh, and that's, the that's live. Crazy, the live uh you do live drawing on your um on your channel a lot and it's cool yeah. to watch you unfortunately most of the time when you're doing the live drawing i'm actually working so i can't actually <laughs> stop the car and watch it uh or watch it schedule. while I, yeah or watch it well uh watch it while i'm driving because that'd be really bad if the Don't cops catch that. me Don't uh, do that. i want you to no. live so we can talk more but. <laughs> Um, but it's so cool. I do check them out a little bit later in the day and stuff. And it's just awesome to see that stuff come to work uh, or come to life. Um, and uh, you are massively talented, I, dude. I am. Oh, no. I'm so on board too. It it looks fantastic. Your artwork. Oh, um, thank you guys. I really yeah, appreciate that so much. Yeah, no. Th- this this whole interview is basically going to be a shower of compliments for you. So, so <laughs> and, settle down. And, and bring it on me, because no, everybody hates my shit. It's like no. <laughs> No, I'm um so yeah uh you know we were hoping to get this done uh get you um on the phone a little bit earlier um for a couple reasons yeah. one um i wanted to ask you how comic-con went for you this year oh my god i i love telling this story because i i, I tell it anytime i can because remember when i talked to you before um I was really frustrated in the fact that um, Hollywood's getting more shine over the hard work that um, the storytellers actually do when um, Hollywood is actually the tool of the storyteller. Correct, correct. um, So we go to the con. I do the con. I already had, when I met you, Twitch, I was um, just rapping. I was in the middle of uh, Ability Kit, the rollout of Ability Kit. And um, we just wrapped up the rollout of Cue Ball with Mike Barron, and that went swimmingly. And uh, I'm gonna get to that in a few. So yep. we go, we get there, and um, I got my banner set up, and it was so well received. Those two individual IPs, they were self-published IPs. We we rolled out Billy um, preview there, and everybody just couldn't get enough of Billy and Cue Ball. It was I. That's awesome. You know, being at the point of contact, I felt like uh, it was like a Siegel and Schuster moment when they were at the point of contact with Superman. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it. It was just well-received because I knew it was fresh and I knew they were new. And they just went gangbusters, bro. I couldn't keep them on the desk, man, for real. That's awesome to hear, man. That's killer. Um, So did you – were so – sorry, I got tripped up there. Um, So this was all before the uh, Billy the Kit Kickstarter that you guys uh, launched, right? Have we lost him? Things already go south? Uh, Looks like – I'm still connected. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been a good interview. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> oh, now he's calling us. I almost hit decline by accident. Can you hear us? No, that's fine. Guys. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. You guys. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, but anyway, besides that, you know, um, it, it was before the ability kick um, actually rolled out. The actual Kickstarter rolled out. Yep. And so um, my plan was basically to test the product, test the um, the crowd, because I didn't want to give you guys anything that you didn't want, because we already got fucking bunnies, we already got cowboy books. So yep. 
I go um, after Justin Justin Gray pitched it to me and everything. I just put a mass call out to you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean the actual readership. Correct. And I say, would you guys be interested in the Cowboy Bunny? You know what I mean? Just throwing it out there because we got Usagi Jumbo, we got fucking Ricochet Rabbit, we got all this other shit. So I go, would you guys be interested? And it was an overwhelming yes. And that's how I kind of knew that the Kickstarter would work because my goal, gotcha. my ultimate goal here for um, the comic book industry period is to put the control back into the readership so you guys say what should be out and what should not be out, what's interested instead of somebody like, you know, just telling you what's out and you're supposed to like this. If not, you suck because you're not culturally inept. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, totally uh, agree with yeah, you. Yeah, so to get rid of that, you guys just tell us what we want via Kickstarter. So yep. you go, hey, I like this idea. I will fund it. And we do limited runs. And then um, if the numbers are there, then the publisher will pick it up. And that's just so what happened with Q-Ball. You know? Yep. And that's that's kind of the – there's plus and minuses to crowdfunding. But one of the biggest right. things is you're putting a lot of power back into the consumer's hands right. versus like the organizations telling like you must like this because when right. it's all said and done well it, it, when it's done in the kind of more old school way right. is that the companies the the big man industry and stuff like that they right. start to tell the masses this is no this is what we're putting out and this is slippery what you're slope. gonna like slippery um, slope it's yep. a slippery slope because we need the corporate guys we do need them because they yep. mean, like we need them like they we need hollywood because they're in my eye they're the tool to get the message out more so you play a little ball and i always tell every artist guys get ready to get fucked and lube it up because you're gonna get <laughs> fucked a little bit because you know what i mean because uh, you you got your credibility your artistic credibility that's fine and you must keep that that's what keeps your stuff pure but um, if somebody wants you not, uh, I mean, you ain't drawing any racist images or anything, but I'm just saying like, if somebody wants you to compromise, say draw robots, when you draw, just draw cowboys, get ready to get fucked or, yep, get, yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? Or get ready to not get paid monies on time because that's how the industry is sometimes too. Sometimes you get paid before, sometimes you get paid after, sometimes you get paid a lot, sometimes you get paid just the medium, but never yeah. go under your medium. But, um, yeah, just get ready. It's all about compromise. That's how things get done. And then you got to think a long game like I do. I think a long game. I don't think little short little fucking bullshit victories, you know, guys? So Yeah. Um, and how long have you been actually doing uh, artwork for comics now? Um, well, in, in professionally, um, I, I've been doing this since, uh, no, yeah, since Valiant. And that was uh, 2015. And that's when Dinesh Dasani signed me at Denver Comic-Con. And this should be a reoccurring theme at the Denver Con or any other con. Um, um, Youths will come up. Um, they shop around the artwork to the table. They get sent home with a homework assignment. If they don't have what it takes, they come back the next year, come back, come back, until an editor says, yo, you got what it takes. Here's my card. We start your new page rate. My story went just like how it's supposed to go, but not in everybody's typical way. But... Uh, that's how that's what the cons are for period yeah it recycles the talent instead of like what what are you going to do you go to a goddamn artist table i mean uh uh, actor's table you're like hey man could you get me in a new miramax film even though miramax don't do shit no more you're like you're like that's showing my age there guys and (laughs) and um 
can I can I get in a new film? Um, the actor's gonna be like, no, I'm here. This is Shantytown to me. I can't do nothing for you, kid. Yeah. So yep. they'll just take a hundred dollar picture with you and kick you out the door. You know yeah. what I mean? That that's what's happening here, and the game is eating itself like it did in um the image days. Uh, again. All intentions are good in the beginning. Hollywood yes. intentions are good. You're bringing yes. the new stories and everything, and you're giving guys like or girls like myself um, just a chance, an opportunity to put your imagery out there, make money, be on a big screen. But then it cannibalizes itself, like um, you putting in your ship in order for your books, and you don't meet the shipping um, requirements. And again, you're cannibalizing the game. Then right. you know, the comic book industry, like the the brick and mortar guys are not sending returns in, and no, just, yeah. it, it, again, it cannibalizes itself. And now we have the same thing in Hollywood, um, in the Comic Con field. They just look at it as shanty town. They don't really have any. That's why you think Robert Downey Jr. don't um, go on these shit shows because he respects yeah. the artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. He respects the artists. Robert Downey Jr. is like, man, I ain't doing that shit, man. He's like, I I'll go to the Grammys or something like that. I go to Oscars or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and it's 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 crazy now because, I, you know, I didn't get to go to Comic Cons when I was a kid, and comics yeah, well, were a huge part of my growing up. <laughs> Movies and comics were really all that I had growing up. Uh, we had I was computer, definitely a know? different type of kid. So um, the X Men comics, I was mostly into Marvel and stuff, Spider Man, Fantastic Four, and yeah. I would always hear about these Comic Cons and like. For a kid that's like 12, 13 years old and like he can go to a place where it's just like wall to wall, people talking comics, people like um, showing off their greatest issues and stuff like that was like a dreamland for me. And when I'm like 20 some odd years old and I get to go to my first con and stuff like that, it's they do have it there, but it's it's very limited. It's like it's. It's not what it was meant to be in my eyes. Yeah, it's like, we're kind of shoved in a corner. We're, we're, yes, we're, we're literally yeah. like shoved in a corner far back. Um, uh, uh, I, I got to give Denver Comic Con some credit. I'm not on the – just not interviews, not about berating the industry. No, no. Just to wake them up, but just to wake them yeah, up. Yeah. And I proved my point right. I said you get the actors off the um, main floor, we the artists will prosper, and they did that last year, and we prospered. So that's awesome. I, I, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So hear. they were paying attention, and I, I just hope they go up in this upward slant because I'm going to be putting on my own expo. I'm not calling it a comic convention or a con. I'm putting it together with my man Tim Mori. Um, that's runs awesome. The, um, yeah, Tim Mori. He runs the uh, Rocky Mountain Con. Very good guy. And yeah. um, I, I'm going to do an expo so where the creators is strictly creator based, and people can have that. We ain't going to have two people selling swords on the same floor. Huh. Yeah. Um, we, you know, <laughs> like come on, guys. Like. <laughs> Like, what was going on? Like, oh, my God. So we're not going to be wasting space. People can do their presentation of their book for five minutes on a big prompter and then um, lead people over to the table so that way they can say, hey, if you want to crowdfund our book or buy some issues of the book, please feel free to. We People already got the um, presentation in the um, room and everything. It'd be just, I'm going to roll comic books out like E3. That is my goal. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. making that, comics like awesome. E3. That's how I'm doing it from this point on. It's going to be smart and small, and then hopefully if it catches on, but that's the format that I'm taking. I, I say it proudly because if some shit works, some shit works. And the yeah, way that's really cool. It, it, it vocalizes in the product and it makes people wait for the book. I said my whole thing was how do I make comic books as big or bigger than movies? I'm fighting movies now. So yes. I, I say 
make it like a movie. Roll it out like a movie or a video yeah. game. And video yeah. games are crushing movies. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. They're they're crushing it. Yeah. So. There's a there's a there's a pretty big thing to say about like a presentation, like a big you know over the top life size um, presentation for things like this. And, um, and in 2018, in 2018, yeah. it, it's kind of half the battle. You mm-hmm. can have an amazing, amazing product, but if you don't know how to sell it, then no one's going to buy it. Nobody's you know? going to buy it. And me and my um, writer, Justin Gray, um, writer of Hellboy and Jonah Hex at DC, when we got together, um, he's real good at marketing and stuff, and so am I. But um, the way we rolled out Billy the Kit was similar to that. Um, we came out with a preview and tested it out, and the preview yep. went um, nuts. And then we had, you know, our, all yeah. Kickstarters have trailers. But imagine going to a con, being able to go to a hall, and see what's the newest and, and hottest in comics. Fuck this indie or mainstream comics thing. What is the hottest in comics right now? Because I yeah. want to level the playing field. I'm trying to level the playing field. So that people are like, yo, oh my god, you seen Jellyman? Jellyman, dude, seriously? Dude, if you were to see that trailer, dude, you'd be like, yo, Jellyman's the truth. So <laughs> it's giving everybody an opportunity to play and be professional and force the indie people that, that like myself and stuff. I mean, I'm mainstream too, but indie you it forces them to work hard. Why? Just because you're not with the big two or any other company, you gotta yep. have a shitty ass book, and I'm tired of it. Uh, yep. Like you, you waste the space on the con floor. What are you doing here? Like, uh, or or you just sitting there with just a whole bunch of pinups. I, I get frustrated with those guys and girls. I'm like, oh my god, just pictures. Seriously, like, uh, yeah, like yo, you ain't really doing nothing, man. Like, it's wh- where's it's, your book? It's that called Comic Con. Yes, <laughs> you're a great right. artist. Not picture con. Yeah, yeah or movie con, con or yeah, con, or dress up con, Comic Con, dress up con, not no cosplay con. It's none of that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Comic Con. Yeah, and yeah. I know I'm gonna lose a million followers and gain a million at the same time <laughs> because I'm only telling what people want to say. But they just scared to say it. <laughs> We're fans of making enemies here on the podcast. Yeah. So you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> My type of crowd. Yeah. yeah. We've definitely said something that goes against the, the, the mass or the, the uh, indie side of stuff. Because uh, And we talked about this uh, when we actually did the first real interview. I'm going to call that the real you interview. You shut up, Twist. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Interview. Oh, God. Um, this is a remix. This is two point This is a remix. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, we went but we totally talked about right there. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about this. The idea that um, you know, if you are a person that goes to the majors or whatever, like or a big company, like for you, it's like working with like Valiant or Image yeah, or man, like if you get on to to Marvel and something like that, it's yeah. not necessarily selling out. It's like it's not. You you're doing something so you can make a way to actually make the art that you want, right? Because right. you'll get a bigger paycheck. It gives you offers right. you ability to right. uh, space out that time to do the passion project, the thing that you want. It's right. not necessarily spoken like out. a true capitalist. Spoken like yeah. a true capitalist, which yeah. I am. I well, love capitalism. The other, the other thing that's that's good about that that I've noticed from like a kind of a more artistic viewpoint of receiving money for a craft that you make is it right. feels good. It when does. you re- when you receive anything, whether it be monetary or just support in general, you right. want to continue doing it. And so to you see do. it in, in a monetary value, I think, is really encouraging mm-hmm. to say, "Oh, people actually believe in me doing this." You know, yeah. And Not you only do I have a place to sleep tonight, mm-hmm. but now I'm also encouraged <laughs> to continue doing this. You yeah, know? right. Uh, like literally, what I'm doing right now, I'm just like like two H in this one panel right now while I'm shooting the shit with you guys because I'm like. 
why I, I work it as if we were if I was digging a ditch or working at McDonald's, I'd be the best McDonald's employee and I'd be right. the best dig, yeah. dig, ditch digger because I. I mean, I hate to sound hokey and shit, but the American dream is the American dream. Everybody have a skill, and this is what um, this nation is built off of. We basically we have a skill, a shoemaker. Fucking, you can make the shoes on the block. You know what I mean? Yeah, Your last right. name probably be shoemaker. You know what I mean? But <laughs> shoemaker. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's that core. Like he lived the life of um, making shoes, uh, yep. he, or or they or making bread, or teaching kids, or whatever the case may be. This is what I was born to do. You know, it's just. You got to find a way to make it work for you. That's yeah, that's how sure. it is. I mean, if yeah. I was a if I was a hooker, I'll make I'll be the best hooker ever. <laughs> you know? I have I'll no totally, doubt I'll, that you would dude, be the best totally, hooker ever. I know I will. I'll be totally torn, <laughs> Daniel. <this>. Straight up. <laughs> uh, there's a few places out here you could definitely try that out. I'm sure you could also you could also sell your book. You could sell your comics as a side job too. Like yeah. while Imagine you're... the first hooker comic book artist. It would be amazing. <laughs> You just can't. I think I think we might have stumbled on like the next uh, stripper stripperella right there. Oh my dear, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask you. So you couldn't say it last time, but was uh, yeah. cue ball? You mentioned earlier um, that you got picked up for cue ball. Um, what's? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, or is that still? Oh, gonna, I absolutely hush, hush, can. Hush. Um, at that Ooh. time, I couldn't. You know, it was kind of. Uh, you know, I, I just couldn't say anything, but now I'm proud to um, present that we're going to be on Antarctic Press now. And nice. That, I'm like, what? Really? And I was like, because I tried to get with those guys back in the day, but when I was a Padawan, not knowing uh-huh. um, how to get in, like, I thought I had to, but I forgot, I didn't realize that they are, they do individual self-published properties. And, and gotcha. somebody like me, I'm not trying to get cue ball out to nobody right yet. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah, yeah. draw him. So that was the deal with them, and it was a perfect fit. So um, I'm not telling you too much about the deal, but basically they are publishing it. All we got to do is produce it, and we're doing our four-part run on there. I'm already wrapped up issue two. I'm about to start issue three. Man. So they're gonna be about to do it. You know, it's just yes. good to be on top, and people really, the masses put cue ball there, and, yeah. and I, I wanted it here, but I just put it out there, and I said, "What do you guys feel about it, honestly?" And everybody was like, "Yo." No dick sucking. This is sick. You know, like <laughs> that, that's basically what everybody said in like very short in little words. But I, I, it felt good to do it with Mike Barron, the legendary Mike Barron, who invented. Yeah. It. He was the first um, creator ever to say, "I don't need the big two to to make a viable character." So he no. invented Nexus and Badger, Badger and Nexus, and yeah. um, they won awards. He wrote for Punisher. He wrote for uh, Mr. T, Bruce Lee. And um, for him to believe in me, it it, it, it feels good. He's a, yes. a local yeah, legend. Yeah, that must as well. feel amazing, dude. Like yeah. just the idea. Like when we were talking, because um, uh, I picked you up for that lift, and we were talking about oh, uh, cue ball and stuff. Yeah, yeah. actually, finish that story. But when you're done, I I I'm dying to hear again because you told me a little bit about it. But I, I kind of want to hear about how you two met again. So uh, yeah, the, so the, like. Uh, yeah, it was just, like just it was such a random, a, yeah, random such thing. A it was, cool. uh, it was pretty awesome. early in the morning. Picked you up in a lift, and you're headed yep. to your studio. Yeah, um, yep. And we just got to talking and found out that you're an artist, and you showed me a little bit of your stuff, and I was immediately floored, immediately floored. <laughs> nice. um, and I was like, I got to have you on the podcast. So 
I, I didn't know you did podcasts. Yes, because when you yeah. told me you did podcasts, I was like, "What? We were talking all the time. Like, why you ain't tell me that?" Like, <laughs> oh, dude, it was a lift of fate there, man. Yeah, seriously, you. how um, cool is that? That's yeah, but, but, by that geek, much. but you, that's how us geeks are. I mean, it's been like that through the dawn of time. Um, when I mean, us geeks, every time you say something about um, any sci-fi thing, anything that got to do with fantasy, anything yep. that um. I swear to you, like we will flock to each other and we cannot stop talking and debating. No, it's and that's all so we did true, so the true. Whole time and again, it bring this. This culture brings people together. I always believe in that. I mean, since people was drawn on cave walls telling stories, which were comic books too. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, it brought cultures together. Yeah. Um, so that that's what this thing still does but now it's just such on a mass farm and everybody do have their own opinion but i don't want people to stop sharing opinions and views and clo- close don't st- keep closing each other out when the yep. view is different always look at life like we do in the geek world because uh when somebody likes dc and somebody likes marvel we may not like each other's um steez or heroes but we do like at the core the hero and yes. Then, yeah, you, you come together I mean? and yeah, very much so. We do have there's a commonality. We might be more we Spider-Man. might be more drawn to Marvel or we might be more right. drawn to DC, but at right. the core we do like we like the hero side of it. We like the story yeah. of these and, characters. And and those yeah. disagreements are what spark some of the coolest conversations exactly. of like who would win in this battle or yeah. you know what I mean? And the, and that even continues and furthers a friendship of yeah. like It does. It furthers yeah. the friendship because you'd be like, Whoa, I did not see that if if, if just think if if Re Richard was in a negative zone, it would totally change the whole situation. <laughs> and then you know, and then you just brought a friend in, you just pulled them in. You just pulled them in. You know, when they were a hater, they were you know they were a Reed Richards hater. They were just all about you know, it's all for some DC property. But it's a beautiful thing. And now that I just want to step it up a notch and be that same thing in comics that the older guys like Mike was, because um, uh, when we met, me and Mike Barron met. Um, we met at, um, uh, I think it was Rocky Mountain Con or something like that. And I was sitting at the table, and this was like 2013. He walks by the table, and he sees me with this strew of indie books. I had Serial Text, One Man, Matt Pierce, and um, I had Dead Flow, um, and it was just a mini. I, I had a little bit of this other book, Paper Universes, with the, legend, with the great Mike Duke. He's a legend to me because I'm about to start doing something with that guy. He's amazing. Nice. Watch out for this guy, Mike Duke. And, um, yeah, I... He seen it. Mike Barron looked at the shit. He was like, "You didn't draw that." I was like, <laughs> you know, I, "I mean, not as a dig, but he was just like, as an uncle would come up to somebody because it's cute." He's like, "Oh my god, he's adorable." You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like you ain't draw that because he wanted me to say, but he wanted me to see what I was say. Like, "Oh yes, I did." You don't know. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, I was like, "I'm here, aren't I?" You know, something, something that effect. And, you know, and um, we we exchanged numbers, and then um. The legendary Ron Fortier was there. And, oh, um, nice. Kevin, yeah, my man Kevin Johnson introduced me to him. He was like, you got to meet this guy. So go over to meet Ron. Because that was all that happened with me and Mike Barron, but it's going to lead up to him. Mm-hmm. And so I go over to Ron Fortier. Ron Fortier, such a granddad, fought for the country. He just one of those guys. You know what I mean? You yeah. talk to him, you're like, oh, my God, you want to give him a hug? You know what I mean? Like, he's just so wholesome, man. And so I, like I do with all the old creators, I get down on my on one knee or a knee on my knees and just scoot down and huddle in close and listen to the story they just go into. You know what I mean? They just go into the story. So he goes uh-huh. into the story of him putting Alex Ross on on the Terminator book for Dark Horse. 
Oh, so, nice. Um, yeah, and then he shows me the art, the books at the table. You know, we all know who Alex Ross is then. Now, you, uh-huh. we all know Alex Ross. I mean, the best photo reel art today. Yeah. And so, um, so uh, he's talking it, and I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm sharing the story. He was like the first pro besides Baron that walked by my table that day I ever really met. And then um, after that, I met um, Mike Grell. And so, um, but that's going to come. And so I, he, he go up to me, and then he was like, hey, you want a job, blah, blah, blah. He offered me a job on, um, he offered me the job. And then on the internet, you know what I mean, Mike Barron says something to me, Mike Barron, I could tell the story because I'm earnest. I want everybody to know the beautiful letdown in this, okay, and the beautiful okay. victory all at the end. Um, Mike Barron via email goes, I was like, yeah, man, so my page rate is this because I was getting a page rate at the time. Um, and then uh, Mike Barron was like, uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, I, LOL. I, you thought you were going to get paid. So like, I was like, uh-uh, fuck that shit. Uh, uh, get paid. You know? uh, no, but it's no slight to him. He he was yeah, trying to build something with me. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But if he would have been clear with that, we would have been probably had gotten to work a little bit earlier. But yeah. um, And then I went over to Ron, and Ron was like, yo, I'm promising you this, this, and this on a book that I already have and some other opportunity. And I'm like, ah, uh, that sounds better. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but, and the only reason, because it was the way he came at me. You know yeah. what I mean? He was like, oh, Barry, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to mislead you. That yeah, is what right. got me. That's, yeah, you know that's genuine. I mean? That's just genuine. I'm not shitting on Mike Barron. I love the dude. That's my, um, yep. you know, he's like a granddad. He's my, he's my family. But, you know, that's just how politics is. There's a little politics behind it. How right, you approach yep. people and approach new talent and try to exploit the talent. Because that's all you're really doing. Yeah, it's just yeah. exploiting new talent. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it all depends on how you – what it depends to exploit. And yeah. so uh, – because I knew I was – I'm taking it up the rear. I was like, I know I'm going to take it up the ass. I got my lube, guys, but yep. sex me out. Sexy – seduce me. Don't shove the dick in raw. I, you know, get me wet. You know, like – so Barry ain't trying to get me wet. <laughs> so, like <laughs> – Sorry for the dirty metaphors, guys. But, no, um, no, no, it's all good. Uh, but, uh, we we anyway. are definitely we are definitely not a family friendly podcast. Absolutely not. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, and so um, Ron approached me right. We got on a book. Uh, it was just I was in this time loop with wrapping up books and issue threes and stuff like that. But I was like, I don't care. I'm working in the industry. And in yep. between that time, um, I'm working on that. I finished the thirty pager with him for Price for the Asking. You guys can get that on Amazon right now. Airship nice. twenty one. Airship 27 and Red Bus <laughs> Studios. Um, but anyway, um, uh, I did that, wrapped that up in the can, in the, in the, in the package. And then um, I um, started working with uh, overseas. I got, in between that time, I got my first overseas gig where I got my colorist Charlie Hogg now. And okay. um, I did this book called Shit Flingers with um, Andrew Hartman. And uh, um, it was Andy Hartman wrote it and uh, Jimmy Furlong. And they did the okay. book called Shit Flingers, and uh, it's about medieval monkeys on a curse. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> That's awesome. Perfect. It's so dope, dude. And I got to draw beasties in, in a medieval I mean, time setting in Italy and stuff. It was real experience, and I got paid Dang. on that, wrapped that up, did 10 pages on that book, and then that um, that rolled out well. And then, uh, um, then after that, I started working with um, uh, – it was uh, – yeah, yeah. I was I was dealing with Mike Grell, and Mike Grell was cultivating me behind the scenes, guys. And you know who Mike Grell is, the legendary Mike Grell. Yep. Um, Longbow Hunters, Green Arrow. He's the one that yep. gave uh, Tony Stark a drinking problem, if people don't know huh. that. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yes, right. Mike Grell wrote that in. The artist wrote that in. Because at oh, the time, no. 
That's yeah. cool. Uh-huh. And um, but a lot of that was around the time then when artists started taking control of the writing rings, like um, let's say him and Neil Adams were known for that. Mm-hmm. Neil said a lot um off in the game and um Neil Adams definitely uh, his advice um helped me a lot in this industry too. Um but um I'm up here t- I'm up here talking to him. I, I, I wrapped I wrapped it up. I, I, he was like, "Hey Barry, um he introduced me to Shannon Eric Denton. Shannon Eric Denton. I'm doing a lot of name dropping, guys. Shannon Yeah, Eric it's Denton all good. It's work, all good. Uh, <laughs> he he works for Warner Brothers and stuff like that now and he was trying. He works in Lionforge. He was like uh, editor, head editor in Lionforge at the time. Lionforge Comics, um, where Jason Johnson, my friend from Image, he worked there at one point. And um, I was just trying to get in. I was whoring myself out on the internet, as you see, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you whore yourself out on the internet, like doggedly. Don't be a nuisance, but always come with something worthwhile, worth seeing. Yep. Always make sure your um, your grammar is correct too on an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, I, have about, I have about 10 people that look over my writing before I ever send stuff out. So. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm about to send them flowers because that is important, man, with networking because we don't have the opportunity to meet these guys. I can't go up into Marvel Studios like back in the day after Correct. 9-11. Yep. After 9-11, things changed. I couldn't just yep. walk up into DC and Marvel Studios and just sit out in the office and just wait for somebody to come out. Yep. So um, now you got to do the same thing, but you do it online, more personable, and make sure you be very respectful and very nice and very professional. Yep. And so um, I did that a lot. And then in between that, um, thank you. Uh, I just want to say live on air, thank you, Mike Grell, for everything you gave for me, everything you did for me. You always believed in me. And um, he's the – everybody got an artist that really took him by the rings and really, really helped him. Yeah. He was helping me in between me not working with Baron and um, working while I was working with Fortier. And, um, again, you can tell it wasn't just some white guy giving a black kid an opportunity because he wanted to do some fucking PC bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was like he treated me – all other editors treated me like shit, like they treated everybody else like shit, saying, as in saying, hey, I don't think you got what it takes, man. Like, I don't yeah, care about right. your color. I, yeah. I, I just don't think you got what it takes, and I respect that. That's why I'm where I'm at. And then I, I met with uh, – it was 2014 – we go to this con. We do Denver Comic Con 14. And uh, Mike Grell, for the second time, he meets me there and his wife, and that's when he started giving me money. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, for jobs. Yeah, yeah. And that's I was awesome. doing, like, test pages for people and stuff after that con because he said, Barry, you absolutely did your homework from last time because he remembered the Joker that I drew. And, oh, nice. Uh, and he just remembered my Joker. He told me. Um, do some pages. You can't walk up to these guys with um, pinups and shit like that. Do your pages, yeah. sequentials, show your sequentials. Um, what, what do you want to do? And then, I, and then um, that year I met J. Scott Campbell. J. Scott Campbell was like, yo, Barry, I mean, I love your work, but what do you want to do? Um, do you want to ink? Do you want a pencil? I was like, uh, I want to do whatever makes me money. Jay's going, <laughs> Jay goes, <laughs> you know, Jay goes, no, um, focalize your efforts. You know what I mean? And then and he was like, and then he gave me a tip on inks because I was doing the thin and thick lines, but I was doing it upside down all these years, not knowing. Okay. And J. Scott Campbell showed me right there. Boom. That's awesome. I want to know a little bitch like, he don't know what he's talking about. I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, because I'm getting speed training right now. It's like speed dating. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how you got to look at the con, creators. Look at it as speed dating as in to get better because I hate when y'all come to my table and I give it to you raw and, and, and like they give it, gave it to me raw. 
um, uh, you, 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 you get, get this little snarky look. And I understand that because I feel it on the inside, but I've been taking advice from the pro since I was 12. From, you know, Dan Jurgis and Brett Breeden. My dad took me to meet those guys when nice. Superman came out. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm was made, I was being groomed to be this like, yeah, <laughs> for decades. Yeah. yeah. And so um, now I go that same con, 2014, you know, um, I'm walking around and stuff, meet up with um, Brian Polito. Brian Polito, bring me to the side, and he goes, look, look, man. He knew I wanted because uh, his wife, um, she was like, but look, Brian, look. Look at it. I got a secret. <laughs> Guys, I got a secret. If you yes. want to get in with the comic book artists and, and you want to work in the industry, if you can win over the wife, you can win over the Oh, oh yeah, yes. absolutely. No, I, I've kind of known that secret, yeah. That's that yeah. way with to. everything in life. Yep. <laughs> that is the gatekeeper because she says she she says that if you are working hard, you have our, you got my husband's best interest in mind, ergo you have my best interest in yep. mind. Right. And, and, and then you can come into the family. But, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Brian Polito. I'm a Jersey boy, born and bred. Nice. Born and bred. Trenton, New Jersey, all my life, um, 609. And um, he's a Jersey guy, and he's horror. I'm horror. And um, I was a fan of him since I was reading Fangoria magazine that my mom used to Oh, buy, yeah. Because my mom's a horror chick. And um, <laughs> I, I, I used to – I seen this Evil Ernie thing, and I was like, oh, Brian Polito. And then it, when it blew my mind when I found out the artist was black at um, Stephen Hughes. I was like, what? And I was like, oh, my God. And this is like, fuck my head. I was like, whoa, I can be – and I'm six years old learning this. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoa. Like, that's so cool. I, I, I grew up with the air that you can't tell me anything. Like, mm-hmm. no doors closed to me. Correct. Because right. um, Stephen Hughes is drawing fucking horror books with a big a white chick with big ass titties named Lady Death. You can't, <laughs> and it's the sickest thing I ever seen. So you can't tell me I can't do anything. You know what I mean? Creatively, yes. or you know. And so um, I've seen Polito. He brought me to the side, and he's the one that told me focalize my efforts. He said, yeah. "Look, Barry." Um, he said it genuinely, gripped me on the shoulder fucking hard as fuck because he felt pitiful for me. But at the same time, he was like, yo, I see it in this kid. This kid's from Jersey. He's bleeding hard. You know, he probably, I probably reminded him of, of Steven a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so he goes, I mean, I love that man. Nobody, ever, anybody say something about Polito. I'll punch him in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, I swear to God. And so um, he says, hey, vocalize your efforts. He said, this is the secret, Barry, pencil. If you pencil, you will always have a job. I go, yeah. what? And then since then, the next year, I got signed with Valiant, and it's been uphill since then. Thank you. That's Valiant. awesome. That's so I good. Because I listen. Man. I listen. Yeah. yeah. It's so, always good to, you know, if you are if you have somebody that's been in the industry and stuff like that, you always want to take a chance to, like, listen to what they got to say, you know, yeah. like, because they've been in so the much. system. They right. know how it works. They know the ins and outs. Like you do get people that like, and I, and I saw this in film school. I, I was a film school student yeah. and I went to film school when I was a little bit older in life. So I, yeah. I, I was a little bit wiser to the way things go. Right. But you yeah. get some kids that are in there and I say kids because they were kids yeah. straight out of high school. And they right. think automatically because they've been doing these little like, you know, projects, like super eight projects. projects and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Right. But when they <laughs> like, it doesn't they never appeal lost. to anybody. Yes. Yeah, they never lost. They don't yeah, know how yeah. to lose, how it feels to lose. Yeah. You got to lose to know how to win. 
Yeah. And um, they just think that you're supposed to win because they have the training. And, you know, I, I went to school and everything like that as well, guys. But I'm telling you right now, life really showed me. Yes. No, the the true experience is when you get out into the real world, the the real life applications of it. And, you know, uh, for certain types of, you know, professions like the schooling will help you get some of that practical experience. But for a lot of other stuff, you're not going to know what that practical experience is until Until you you actually get out there there and have experience. That's the most heart pounding. Yep. Yeah, and that's not to say that that schooling for creatives is a waste of time because no, it's not. I we think being it. surrounded by those people who are just on dude. fire for it is really tank. healthy for a little amount of time. Yeah, dude, you know it's what I mean? a think tank, dude. It's a think yes. tank. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 not don't hang out. I'm trying to tell you, if you're a creator, don't hang out with the douchebags that want to um um drink beer and stuff during class and stuff because this is yeah. Art here. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? This is art here. You can't create drunk. Um, no. <laughs> you can't. You can probably high or weed, but you can't. You can't drunk. So don't no. hang out with them douchebags because they don't want to be there anyway. It's just a no. special class for them, so their parents yeah. can get off their back. You know, right. this is a career that is. Um, it's the only. I just want to show you guys. Tell the world right now who listens to BT Mixy and drinks my lightly sweetened Kool Aid, um, <laughs> to know that this is the only. Thing that we have to trade with the world, America. We have nothing yeah. else. Everything is like wheat, corn, steel, everything. Everybody crushing us around the world. Yeah. But this art, we are the yep. best. Yeah. We're, this is the only we're thing we, we're killing it. Yes. It, we're, we're killing it. You know what I mean? Even Kim Jong Un got fucking um, what's the name? A basketball <laughs> player hanging out with him because he's art. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Get out of here. Know your place, people, and, and make sure. You do this right. You pimp this right. You know, you, yes. you don't step on no toes or anything like that. Just no. be clean. And, and don't, I think another important thing is to like not be other people, mm-hmm. you know? Don't. You can't, like, we all learn from somebody, you know? But, mm-hmm. but be the self that you were looking in the mirror and you was like, one day I'm going to be this, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, make sure you do that, but just learn from the people that has done it because they really only want to see you do right when they telling you you're fucking up, you know? Yeah. Uh, because I, when the, when the creators were telling me this, I was like, yo, um, I, I can't believe you're taking the time out. But my mom's an artist. My, I had an uncle in my life that's an artist. My dad's an mm. artist. It's, like, it's in my blood to even yeah. – I've been getting prepped and saying, no, don't do it this yeah. way. Do it this way for a long time. So and my dad's like a military guy in service and stuff like that. So – he is like, wait, he's a good teacher, man. And he yeah. taught me yeah. discipline all my life. And that coupled with the freeness of my mom, she's a, a kung fu geek and a, and, a, and a sci-fi geek and stuff like that. And a horror geek is like, oh, like, oh, I'm just freaked behold, you know? So, yeah, you know, you just got to be humble, guys. Like, just really work hard. And be humble. Yeah, that is, that is so true. Um, so uh, how long, what are we at now? We've got 15 minutes until okay, we wrap up. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, what was some other stuff that I wanted to ask you? While he drums for that, um, I actually am curious because comic books are something that have been sort of absent from my life. Right. Um, I grew up a millennial, so I had TV, and you know there was there was no no one really uh, enforced reading at all on me when I was young, right. and so there was no there was no uh, desire to see those kinds of things. So. Right. My first experience truly with comic books was like honestly a week ago. Um, I was in the city of Boston and I kind of had the day to myself 
So I was just kind of roaming around back home, living it up. And right after I had bought lunch, I just kind of waltzed into a Newberry Comics. Right. And I think that's when my perspective changed because it was Ooh, it, it's moment. one of the bigger ones in there. Uh, over in Boston, their Newberry Comics. I spent probably three to four hours in there. <laughs> I love Just, it when you rediscover it. Same oh, thing happened to Joe Casada. He went. You, you know who Joe Casada is now, yeah. guys. Yeah, and a uh, former head of Marvel, and uh, yep. he just like he was in it, and then he just stumbled out, and then he, one day around when the Dark Knight Returns came out, some guy when he was working at FAL Schwartz, you know, like somebody was like, "Huh, look at this. I like, see you can sketch. Huh, look at this. Yeah, he was like, comics for kids." And he was like, "No, it ain't." But comics change now. You step back yes. into it, and comics have changed. Like, look yep. at you, ball ability kid, dude. I mean, a magical bunny, and then yeah. a, a pool playing <laughs> martial artist. Yes. Hey, yeah. You know, yeah. come on, dude. You know, it's a different time. It yeah. is. Um, and it's funny because, like, comic books, you know, they started out, um, they started out definitely more for adults, in my opinion. Like, it was definitely like, because, because, like, it wasn't, it wasn't what you know comic books today to be. They're usually like comic book strip or comic strips. Yeah. Um, and then they graduated to books, and then eventually. They saw, and this is the same thing with that happened with animation. They saw that kids were attracted to it, so now the storylines got more geared towards kids, kid friendly, and yeah. kid right. friendly, and stuff like that. Right. But then you had some of the outliers, like right. um, that came Frank out. Miller. They started doing the horror books and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, with with those guys, um, and, but they, it was taboo back then when correct. they were doing that stuff. It was so taboo, and then correct. you know, once um, we beat the commies. They, they they basically go. What else is there? Oh, comics. You know what I mean? Yep. Delegation yeah. by fucking <laughs> yeah. encyclopedia. So 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 Neil Adams would say. And so you know they they attacked it, and then that's when Frederick Bertram came out with Seduction of the Innocent, and then yep. you know people burning the comics, and it was mass exodus, and then what happened? Everybody kind of went right back to it because yep. you can't keep it. It's too much money. Yeah, too much money. You know yeah, I mean? it definitely the money definitely caused a lot of it to go back to kind of like kind of suck itself back into kind of the ways that it used to be. And I think it's kind of it's because back when um, I was reading and collecting books like constantly and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it was a kid's thing to do. And I did it all the way through high school and I got right. made fun of all the time. <laughs> sure. Um, oh yeah. I was, it was so, so happened in the fucking stall because I had to become a um, MC to get girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had to yeah. rhyme. Girls yeah. didn't like me because I had like the biggest X-Men collection. I told no one. They didn't? They didn't like you because of that? I'm wearing my Timberlands and my Hellyanson with my gold chain trying to be like Wu-Tang and shit. But then you go home and you turn on the reading light. Yeah, yeah. Back at home, I turn the reading light on. I'm like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this new issue with Chris Claremont's X-Men forever. Yeah. (laughs) You're like living a double life. Is this Mark Pennington inking it all over Kubert? Oh, shit. (laughs) Next day, day back into hip-hop. Y'all right back into it, all out and open. But, you know, it's just like everybody finds societally, you know what I mean, way to to get through. But comics were always there. Yeah, now it's, it kind of feel good, but I kind of feel cheated because people just like just because you got a fucking Captain America shirt on and you seen like one movie, you think you can school me on Cap? I'm yes. like, look, man, leave me alone, man. Don't even do that to me right <laughs> yeah. now. Just because I went to a fucking uh, a baseball game and I don't really dig baseball like that, don't mean I can school you on the dodge. Yeah, yeah. 
I uh, I got that with the one of my friends. Um, he won't go see uh, any of the comic book movies uh, with me. Like he refuses to see them for me because he's just a, he's just like says you're just gonna bitch about him. Uh, oh yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like only that, movie that I bitched about was the X Men movies, like the first three oh, X Men movies, dude, because was I was an X Men fan. Like I knew I knew the cartoon uh, was yes. my first introduction. And, the yeah, books, but that was, I knew the cartoon them. was closer than these fucking movies. I'll tell you that. Yes. Oh no, for oh, sure, God. for sure. But like I knew the books, I knew the I knew the mythology, I knew a lot about these characters, and when right. I saw them up on screen, I was like. Well, they got the powers right to an extent, but they extent, fucked up the stories. Like, oh, and, like the God, characters the rogue so bad. Thing? I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God, you could I, they could totally do the rogue right way now that they got Miss Captain Marvel. But I don't think they're gonna do that too deep, no. deep cuts for that. I don't think they are. I think that like, and that's the question too is like, because now fire Disney is gonna have the whole shebang pretty Everybody, much of the Marvel. Fan, I can't wait till Fantastic Four come out. I really hope Friday. they don't fuck this one up, but that, that property's been cursed for so oh, yeah. long. Because of Fox, uh, but Stan did what he yes. had to do when he sold um Fantastic Four Spider Man to them. He, he uh-huh. did an X Men to him. He 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 sold them to save them, you know, yep. I mean? at the time. Yep. You know. So, um but know? yeah like uh the only book that I really like knew like masterfully was the X-Men property. Like I yeah. didn't know yeah. guardians of the galaxy. I Me didn't either. know. Like, who I didn't know shit? much about Ant-Man and Wasp. I only Valentin- knew. Even when Valentino went to form um, image, I was like, yo, of uh, guardians of the galaxy fame. I was like, yeah, I see it. But I was like, damn man, I love you Valentino. No disrespect. But <sighs> yeah, I was like, they didn't even know fucking guardians. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things like, yeah yeah pretty much yeah yeah pretty much but i don't know but uh but being back to the reason why it's good that comics change and you came in at the right time yeah because with me and justin gray to, to caveat back to this is that when me and justin gray got together for billy the kid i mm-hmm. wanted i was screaming that i wanted something innocent and but yeah. I, I i'm tired in the climate we are today i wanted to do a story um that was innocent but justin yeah. came in if he's a masterful writer, please read some Justin Gray stuff. Just Google him, like yeah, Google will do, yeah. And um, he he put a spin on this. It's a story about faith, and it's not going to be shoving it down your throat or uh-huh. some Christian shit or some Muslim shit or whatever the fuck <laughs> this shit is. Like it's not going to be shoving it down your throat. It's about somebody loses their faith and they gain the strength within, and yeah. that makes them a believer again. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's so good. And you be like, how are you going to get that? But the only way you can give a positive message like that and an enthralling message, put a bunny on it, put it in an anniversary, <laughs> then no one yeah, can yeah. say anything. You know, right, and it's correct. beautiful and it's a cowboy and it's a bunny and it's got magic. He hunts tornadoes and it's like tornado gods. It's just like, yo, I always wanted to do a fantasy and this is a true, true fantasy. Dude, that's, that's, escape. that is so awesome because you're Pure mixing, escapism. yeah, you're mixing kind of two worlds there. You got yeah. the Americana West. with like magic yeah. and like, yep. oh god, he, he he's a farmer little bunny. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can't even sell it. I can't even sell it. I could just talk about it and smile when I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay. I I really really like Billy the Kid. The, the cue ball and Billy the Kid. I am 
super excited about those. Dude, um, wait till you see what we do with issue two on cue ball too. I mean, like, um, uh, I kind of unleaked the cover just because I wanted people excited. Yeah, I, I saw that. On purpose. And uh, again, it's it's just how Mike Barron is a master of uh, the, what Marvel and them used to do. I'm working with somebody from DC and I'm working with somebody from Marvel. So I don't yeah. care about the big two. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I, I stole their best already. You know what yes. I mean? Like, so it's like, I don't even care. So um, I he I wanted I was tired of black characters being the black this and the brown that. Yep, I was yeah. Like, so tired of it. it's redundant. We get it, guys. Like come up with a new fucking name and skill set. Like no yeah. disrespect to Static um, Shock or anything, um, but um, we uh, we had Black Lightning already, and I was already uh-huh. mad. But Static Shock is better than Black Lightning because it's not black this. It's because, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know what I mean. That's what got me. And yep. uh, and so that's why he's, he's a viable character. That's why Dennis Cowan is a legend anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he was already – I'm just a younger version of him. You know what I mean? Like yep. just not to sound self-serving at all, but just a forward thinker like him in comics. Yep, yeah. And so um, I, we just get tired of it. And so I yeah. said I just want a regular American male that's a badass because I want to draw a, a comic book like Commando or, or American Ninja or Invasion USA. I want to uh-huh. draw a comic book like that, just a badass, rip roaring kung fu, cheesy huh? as fuck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, with military and spies and shit like that. That's uh-huh, what I wanted yeah. to do. You know what I mean? But um, I wanted to do something like that. But um, it just so happens that Mike Barron said, "Hey Barry, I got an idea." And Barron, he, you know, he he was ghost to me, and me and him became friends. To bring it back to um my my, my big brother Barron, um, he goes, uh, "Barry, I got an idea." And so he says, uh, uh, "Check this out. I read the script. We give me the pitch." I my mouth dropped right, and I was like, "Yo, this is it." His name's his name's not. His name's not the black something or the brown something. Correct, He's correct. He, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. He play kung. He, he he does martial arts. Cali uh-huh. Escadema. Cali Escadema. That's the art of the stick, dude. And and yep. he, he played pool. So you break the two sticks down, then you fight with it. I'm like, uh-huh. oh my god! And then he sees the world like a pool table. So anything could be ricochet. His dexterity uh-huh. is from level of skill of one to ten. It's ten or eleven. That's like. He's like so accurate. He's a merchant marine, the baddest marine, dude. Like the most well, badass damn. marine, dude. Yeah. And like you get all that coupled in, and he plays outside of the military. He just like gave the game up, and then mm-hmm. like they pull him back in. His friend Poe. I got the cute little Asian sidekick too. I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting my Indiana Jones on too, dude. Yeah, yeah. Then, dude, I'm t- dude. And we got the sexy Asian strong female lead, Red Crane, uh-huh. dude. Oh my God! And then I'm Next fighting level. Uh, like a Shaolin Syndicate versus the American government too. Cue uh, balls caught in the middle. What's going to happen? You got to be yep. up to issue four. Oh my exactly. God! Exactly, dude. Uh, it's so badass. And I, and I, how I draw him, I, I, I have him move around like Batman or something, like mm-hmm. a ninja. You know, like if you see um, issue number one, we reissued issue number one on um, on Antarctic Press, and um, nice. I'm telling you right now, when I got it, when you see the image of him standing on top of that pool stick on top of a cue ball, stark all-white background, yeah. it, dude, it's just like, yo, that's cue ball. He that's no so, powers, that like, so yeah. sick. And that is what, dude, and again, you guys, you know I don't care about these politics bullshit, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in the center, man. I don't give a fuck either way. Just treat, yep. just treat me good, and I won't punch you in the face. That's, that's how so, I view it, too. Um, and so, and so... When I had this Trump supporter come up and have his son buy a cue ball, that's when I knew 
that I was bringing people together with my book. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. And, when, and, and, and then when I, um, I explained the concept of cue ball to um, this black family, they was like, that's exactly, we're tired of this shit too. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, see? And then I went over to Dennis Cowan. And uh, I went over to Dennis Cowan, finally met the legend, and um, I got a picture with him on there and everything. Nice. It up. I told him that why I killed Jim Kelly off in the book. He knows Jim Kelly. He knew Jim Kelly. He, was uh-huh. crazy, he, he practiced with Jim Kelly and everything like that. And uh, he's a big fan of martial arts. He worked with Mike Barron. He worked with the inker Barbara Calberg before. You know what I mean? On my book, on cue ball. And so he um, he giggles. He was like, you're doing a book with Mike Barron? I was like, yep. And then uh, he looks at it. And then I said, I killed off Jim Kelly. His eyes got big. He's like, you killed off Jim Kelly? <laughs> he's that. He's that. He looked at it. And then he went and told me a story about Jim Kelly, how legendary he is and stuff, which he oh. and then. I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at, Dennis, you know, I did my little meal thing that I explained that I did with Ron Fortier. Scoot all in because of his grandpa. He got his grandpa <laughs> thing. He's just so, yeah. he's like, he just, he just bleeds greatness, Dennis Cowan. Like, you know, That's just awesome. so sublime. You know what I mean? <clears throat> just so sublime. And so, um, talking to him, and then he, he didn't give me no shit for killing off Jim Kelly. That's when I knew. You know yeah. what I mean? I was going on the right trip because I said, I killed Dog Jim Kelly because I said, the death of the old Kung Fu dude, the birth of the new Kung Fu dude. Yep. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yep. I'll kill it because nobody's talking about Jim Kelly, so kill him and make you remember yeah. him. You yep. know, you kill your idols, folks. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kill your idols, and um, that's the way this is supposed to go here. You know what I mean? And so um, that's how I knew both books. And Mike Barron, you know what I mean? He's a legend, and uh, for him to give me cue ball and not have it in a panderous way because he wanted them in baggy clothes. I said, no, slim clothes only. And, yep. and, um, you know what I mean? Because I want it looking sexy, dude. That's simple yeah. fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted them sexy. I didn't want them like, oh, doju kung fu master. Instead yep. of fucking, instead of kung fu shoes, put them in Wallaby Clarks like Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> only like, the only kung fu dude in Wallaby Clarks, dude, that immediately speaks to my generation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I For rock sure. on stage with Wu. You know what I mean? So yeah. I know. So, that's um, incredible. And KRS One just to talk some shit about my yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean. But I'm like, let's change it. That's yep. not pander. Nobody likes to be yeah. pander. Whites don't no. like being pander too. Blacks don't like being pander too. Chicks don't like being pander too. Just give it to me straight because we are a newer generation and we're tougher than you think. We can take correct a little bit more in your face yeah. shit. Because I'm like, uh, if his name was the black ball, you'd be like, no, no. Yeah, no. it'd be it'd be like this again. <laughs> yeah, this again. And the, and it's a black Billy, character. It's got to be called black something. Yeah, it's got to be rule. black something. Get the fuck out of your black ass out of my fucking face. <laughs> like I'm fucking over it, dude. You know what I mean? I'm black as an evil in darkness, as I am metal. So like, <laughs> um, so, leave me alone, guys. So we, I'm flipping the game, and and I, the industry, the people. Fans told me these two books are supposed to be here, and now I'm working with Blue Juice Comics with um, um, Kevin Smith and stuff like that. That's his nice. own company with Tom Mom and everybody. He sponsors them with Mike and Ming. Tell them Steve Dave, another podcast. Yep. Working with those guys, Walt Flanagan and stuff like that. I got my man, my man Phil Will working with them on Metro. Uh, my anchor Phil Will. Um, I got uh, my man Matt Northup coloring for me. Got him his first pro gigs. Um, I got Charlie Hogg on some. I got him his American jobs, his good American jobs. You know what I mean? Because if you're working on Cuba or Ability Care or Blue Juice or anything, you got a good American job if you're from out of state. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Out of out of the country. And so I become a job creator working with Brandon Easton, legendary Brandon Easton. 
Um, he writes comics. He's doing this killer run on Mass right now, um, the old 80s cartoon, if you guys remember that. He does. The, he writes the comic. Um, and Vampire Hunter D, I think you should pick that up from Brandon. Oh, okay, did, yeah. Yeah, I did Armourauders with him. I'm sitting up looking at the mech right now and did the Erebus mech and did that with Valent Wang working in Singapore, you know. And um, it, it, working with Kate Nicole Kane in Australia on the project that's about to be coming out. But I spread the projects around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I try and I finish everything. And everything's yeah, yeah. supposed to, I'm trying to change comics um, in a way, not saying like I'm fighting it, but uh-huh. if, it's a lot of holes that need to be filled because I've always yeah. been the type of guy, guys, before I let you go, I've been the type of guy, I walk in the room and I see whatever's broken and I'll fix that and then I'll step. You know nice. what I mean? Right. That's yeah. just how I am. Right. And I was like a merc. I'm like I'm a comic book merc. So, <laughs> and I, that's how Neil trained us to be. Neil Adams yeah. trained us to be. He gave us our pages back. Now the now the pages are smoothing comics. Um, Superman, Seagull, and Shisha got their rights back. Um, writer artists can write. Um, to write if they want to. Like nice. all this is because of what Neil Adams did. And if I can be touch some type of speck of greatness like that. For the whole mass community, like Neil did, I know mm-hmm. it's a huge feat. That's a huge feat because he's still huge, doing his yeah. thing today. But if I can be one of those um, patriarchs of uh, or tireless ambassadors of comics, please let me be that for 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 us. Because I can't take no shit. I get the cuss out. Let me get cussed out. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, let yeah. me get cussed out for saying this shit because y'all scared to lose the jobs. I don't need their job. I'm at my own job. You know yeah, what I'm right. So yeah. I can say what I want, but for you guys that don't want to, I'm going to change things in a comic convention industry with the expo that's coming up and uh, um, with the properties and being nice and making sure I finish my books and um, and just being a stand-up guy because we all make mistakes, but just be a stand-up person yeah. in general. You will always win. And uh, I took a lot of dings, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I ate a lot of shit, man. So, like, it's... I got I got to do it for the comment. I'm, I'm the people's yeah. artist, dude. Yeah. Like, yep. what the fuck yeah. you want for me? Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much, Barry, dude. Uh, I love talking with you. This was a lot of fun. Oh, um, yeah, it was, guys. And uh, so before we leave, uh, why don't you hit us with your uh, contact info so people can uh, check you out? Oh, yeah. Um, you guys can definitely get me on comicsology.com where you can get Accelerators 1415 and Relativity, the uh, trade from Blue Juice Comics. Um, you can get at me on Facebook. Barry McLean Jr. You know what I mean? I'm just like the only one that's a public figure. That's yep. public figure. <laughs> you know I mean? the only one that comes up. Yeah. So it's not that hard to find me. I'm on uh, um, Instagram. You can check out some cool pictures on there. Check out some of the new stuff I'm doing with Blue Juice right now and Billy the Kid and Q-Ball on Instagram. I stay broke. Um, stay underscore broke on Instagram and Twitter. Barry McLean on Twitter. Barry McLean Jr. on Twitter. See a cool picture of Billy the Kid on there. and Yeah. I'm, uh, you can get you can check out my profile on um, mechaworkshop.com, and okay. uh, you can check out my profile there. And uh, other than that, man, again, I just appreciate everybody, everybody yeah. just just believing in comics and not taking no shit and not buying a fucking bullshit, making fucking um, Thor chick and fucking Hawk Asian and shit. Like nobody cares. Huh? Just make a cool, yeah. just make a cool new character. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm here for. 
Yeah. Yep. So can people pick up uh, issue one of uh, Q Ball and Antarctic Press yet? Or no, not yet because I'm just okay. trying to wrap up the run. No, not necessarily wrap up the run, but just a- after issue three, we we'll probably get everything going, so we don't be cool. late. You know, you got to be smart. Got to be smart. Yeah, smart. for sure, for sure. So, um, but they can get it at Jan Silent Bob Secret Stash. Nice. Just call okay. up there, get them Steve David, get on there. I'm like comics. I'm like, do you got um <laughs> Q Ball issue number one by Mike Baron and Barry McLean? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. It's on an indie rack, guys. Nice. <laughs> so, Sweet. And, um, we're printing up Billy the Kit right now, so that's coming too. And thanks for everybody for supporting that Kickstarter as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will uh, get you back on, dude. Um, I love talking to you. This is fascinating. Um, oh, thanks, guys. And I know Luke's cool. learning a lot. <laughs> oh, I most definitely learned more today about the comic books than so I ever have. We think, yeah, we think, very, we think very similar about um, Art World and how that – whole game is going to be changing um and how it it's needs to change baby. so it's our um, baby what can I for say? sure but for we sure. got to meet up for a beer make sure we meet up for a beer guys. yeah for sure i'm down for that nice. all right buddy we'll let you go and we'll talk to you again thanks Barry. all right guys burn let to your dad later yeah take it easy And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. That was so much fun. Yes, I, I I've I laughed really hard during that. Yes, I, and uh, yeah, yeah. I love Barry McLean Jr. As you guys found out, that wasn't the first time that we interviewed Barry. <laughs> yes, um, there was actually a first original uh, interview that was lost. Um, it's not lost. You can get it by donating a hundred dollars to us a month on Patreon. Yes, the, the secret <laughs> links are going out. From- <laughs> um. But no, um, still fascinating um, to talk to him again. Yeah, like, you always run into that 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 possibility of when you're re-interviewing somebody for like the quote unquote first time and stuff. Yeah, that it goes stale. Yeah, like that it's just because you, you're covering the same topics and yeah. it's like okay, let's. But he's great. Yeah, he, he's it's awesome yeah. to hear the stuff that he's doing and what he's done and how he got to where he was. Um, so. Quick comic book story because I don't think we can leave without like telling oh, a please. personal yeah. comic book yeah. story. Um, and and I this told is, mine. So. This is this is live, uh, and this is almost like a um, what do they call those things? Um, uh, a warning tale. It's oh, okay. Warning. Yeah. Um, so I I collected X Men comic books through. Uh, I want to say like end elementary all sure. the way through high school. Okay. Um, and. Um, two of my favorite books that I collected was uh, X-Men Volume 225, um, and it was the uh, Fatal Attractions. Um, it was the part four of Fatal Attractions, and it's the book where we find out or we see Magneto rip Wolverine's adamantium from his body. Solid. Like, every bit of it, and it's just like, holy fuck, that just happened. Yeah. Like, He's he's killing Mag or he's killing Wolverine. Um, and in that episode, Professor Xavier actually completely knocks Mag- Magneto out of the game using his telepathy. Like he goes into Magneto's psy- uh, psyche and just pretty much destroys it. Wow! And like it pretty much kills Magneto, right? Or what we believe it sure. kills Magneto. Great issue, um, and uh, it's got my favorite. It has a hologram card on it. It's got my favorite character from the X-Men. Um, Gambits is the yeah. hologram card on it. 
and I I took care of my comics for the most yeah. part growing yeah. up. Um, the other book uh, that I loved was X Men Three Hundred. I couldn't tell you what the story was now because it's been so long since sure, I read sure. it. Um, but X Men Three Hundred, I love that book. Um, the cover of it is kind of a uh, it's, it's total hologram, but it's not a hologram of like the pictures coming out. Like the background's shiny. It's uh, foil, foil. It's a foil yeah. um, cover. Uh, so anyways, before we were looking at doing this episode, I decided to look up these, what they're going for, not what they're going for. This is a total accident. I was just going to look them up to oh, find gotcha. out, um, a little bit of information on them and see like who the artists were and stuff, um, on them. Well, when I pulled them both up, it first showed what their eBay, what they're going for. So X-Men 25, um, uh, fatal attractions is going for $66 used. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shit, like, it's not in that bad a condition. I might be able to get something out of it. I would never sell it. Um, right. It holds too too much yeah, sentimental yeah. value to me. So what I'll do is I'll steal it and then sell yes, it. Yes, you could totally do that. Then I saw what X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 300 is going and for. And so before we get into this, this is a live reaction, because I knew how much that, what, that first one would yeah. cost, but... You withheld this following yes. information, and so, I'm not sure. It is worth $300 <laughs> on, or it's being sold for $300 on eBay. Now, here's where the warning tell begins. Oh, no. I did not take the greatest care of my comic book collection, and that issue particularly, it had something that was spilled on it. It ruined oh, the foiling on the front of it. Oh, you idiot. Yeah. Oh, man. So, How's that feel? It it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. You wouldn't sell that one though. I either. don't know if I would sell it. If it got to a ridiculous price, I would have. Right. Like if it was like in the thousands yeah. and stuff, I'd be like, okay, time I to that say goodbye. Thousand dollars, yeah. and plus, like, I I like, uh, like I remember reading Fatal Attractions vividly and stuff like that. Right. Not so much X Men Uncanny X Men three hundred, but uh, uh, X Men um twenty five like. I remember reading that all the time because you get to see some great moments in that yeah, series yeah. right there in that book. You find out that like here, the other big reveal for that book is that Wolverine, his metal claws are not just metal. It wasn't what the, the Weapon X program didn't put the metal claws in there. You find out that his claws are actually bone, which means that he the bone was a mute, mutation. Gotcha. Because they didn't know what was going on necessarily. And that was a big part of Wolverine's past. Was, right. And it was a little bit more of that past of his being uncovered. So there's a lot of cool things in that book. Interesting. So. Interesting. But yeah, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 300, if it got to like thousands and I still had a yeah, good keep condition. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Because like, I, I might remember... be able to get a f- like 50 bucks out of it. Sure. But it, it, the damage is significant. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. So, But who knows? I remember I had a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I'll butcher it because I don't remember anything about the uh-huh. rarity or anything like that but i had uh one of the three like big gods of the time yeah were, like the winged dragon of Ra, obelisk the tormentor and a third one but um i had the winged dragon of raw i got it in just one of those plastic packs yeah. you get um and it was like the shiny cool edition uh-huh. uh and i remember like I sold it for like twenty bucks, 
at the time, like to some kid in my neighborhood who was probably in high school or whatever. Mm. And that was like a big fucking deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, ah, oh, man, it was probably like a year or so ago that some article came up and it was like wing dragon of raw, like see how much your Yu-Gi-Oh cards were worth or whatever. Yeah. And like the shiny edition of wing dragon of raw is like a thousand bucks. No like, way. Are you kidding uh, me? Yeah. So that was, uh, it's, it's stuff like that that like really yeah. breaks your heart. It's like, Hmm, if like, only I had known. Damn it. If only damn I had known. It. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us on this journey. Yes. That was, that was one of the more enjoyable interviews. I think join us ladies and gentlemen next week when we discuss East, sports something that i'm really excited for. yes um the fascinating world of whether it's a sport or not <laughs> it's a sport <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on facebook at no nothing nerds or facebook.com forward slash no nothing nerds you can find us on twitter at kn nerds tweeted us what you'd like future episodes to be about we probably won't listen to you but it's worth a shot it's totally worth a shot <laughs> I'm kidding. We will totally listen to you. Um, you can also email us at knownothingnerds at gmail.com. All the music was written by me. If you want any music made, you can shoot us a message through our uh, social medias and all that good stuff. We'll see you guys in a week. Enjoy the sunshine. What remains of it? Because yes. we're almost to the cold months of winter. Yay! Woo! Winter is coming. Winter is coming, and so is Game of Thrones. Bye-bye! Bye-bye!